Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I am honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to this podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast, as you know, is about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you, all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today, I have an incredible, unbelievable guest to share their wisdom with you all. Honestly, I'm super pumped about you listening to this episode. She is someone who was thrown into the world of wellness as a teenager when her father was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Her family made a choice to fight back with alternative medicine. Seven months later, her father was declared cancer-free and a spark was lit in Sarah that propelled her to dedicate her life to spreading the healings her family had discovered from this natural medication. Today, as a certified holistic health practitioner, Sarah runs a leading private coaching practice with a focus on permanent weight loss. Sarah is the founder of Holistically Slim Movement, author of the e-course Meditate Slim, an in-demand speaker and an advisor to international wellness brands. When not at home in Los Angeles, she can be found leading transformative wellness experiences around the globe. In this episode, Sarah shares how you can get back in tune with your body, mind and soul through meditation and mindfulness, but also touches a lot on why self-love is key to stay focused on your life's mission. Be sure to stick around till the end because she shares something truly special with you all towards the end of this episode. Her name is Sarah Ann Stewart, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Without further ado, let's get straight into it. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for being with me on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I am super grateful, and I honestly mean that I've been following your content for almost like probably four or five months now. And I love what you're sharing. I love what you're all about. And your story, when I first heard it on another podcast, really inspired me. And I was like, man, if I ever start a podcast, I want Sarah and Stuart to be on my podcast, <laughs> one of my guests. Because I truly, like, I, I really resonated with your story and, and where you've come from, what you've done, what you've accomplished. And coming from the background that you did, it's truly inspiring. And I kind of want you to kind of share your story mm-hmm. with everyone listening right now, because I'm sure my audience actually have never heard of you so I would love for you to share your story and your journey so far and and what you're up to but I know for a fact that they're going to get a lot of value from this so thank you so much for being with me. Yeah thank you so much for having me I'm I'm very grateful um, as always to be able to share my story and and how my work today has really been inspired from my experience, from my journey, from how I grew up and, and all of the trials and tribulations that I have been through and all the pain and so forth. So, um, to start my journey really began as a child. I grew up in a really holistic environment. My parents were doing yoga and meditating and growing wheatgrass in our garage and doing all of these holistic things way before it was considered popular or or even even something that was very much accepted. Like a lot of people looked at us and thought that we were, you know, this crazy family in the middle of a subdivision doing these things that were very unheard of. And um, and my father was a public speaker for many years, so I got to travel around the country with him and learn about the mind body connection and psychology and um, and different methodologies back then. And I was listening to Deepak Chopra, you know, on cassette wow. tapes like before there was even like yeah. a DVD player wow. or, or even the internet. Right um, and so, so growing up in this space, my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer 
it was heartbreaking. And I remember sitting across from the doctor being told, you know, your father has cancer. It's very unlikely that he's going to live. Um, and my father said to the doctor, well, you're going to see a miracle. I'm, I'm going to make it through this. And I remember thinking, like, what are you doing? You need to be listening to this doctor. You need to be doing what he recommends. Like, even though there's like pretty much no chance, like, why are we not following what the doctor recommends? And so my dad ended up get, walking out of the room, closing the door and going home and starting to meditate and really focusing on what the path would be for him to heal his terminal cancer. And throughout that journey of watching him heal his cancer through food and movement and all of these alternative methodology, um, sort of mind-body connection again, spiritual approaches, um, it became very apparent to me that there was this healing that a lot of people don't know about and that you can, can't, and within seven months, he was completely cancer-free. So I learned that you can cure cancer, you can cure chronic sickness. There are often op opportunities and things that the, the mass media and, and publicly we don't talk about, right? And so watching him cure cancer was this eye-opening experience. And so flash forward to when I was scouted to model and I, I then at the same time um, started to develop a lot of eating disorders. And for 10 years, I worked in the fashion industry. Um, and it was so interesting because on one hand, I knew the power of food. And on the other hand, I was allowing food to basically cause this very serious sickness happening within me on the emotional and mental side of things. And so I saw this disconnect happening and I didn't listen because I was making money and living this amazing, amazing life, right? This life that I thought was amazing. Um, and I, I didn't connect to my roots for many, many years. And I got very, very sick. And I was told, if you don't make a career change, you're going to lose your life to this, this eating disorder. And at that time, I was in so much shame and guilt and I couldn't call home and, you know, all the support that I had basically pushed aside to have this sort of life in New York City um, wasn't there at the time. And so I realized very quickly that I had to make a change. And so I, I, I left the modeling industry. I started studying nutrition again. Um, and within the time of studying nutrition, my anxiety my relationship with my body actually got worse because I had all these other people's opinions and I wasn't focusing on myself mm. and I wasn't listening to my own intuition about what my body needed. The interesting thing was the doctors had cleared me that I was healthy again and, you know, able to go back into the world and do what I needed to do. And I was, I was better, but I actually wasn't because my mind wasn't better. And what I've learned throughout this whole kind of journey is that your mind goes everywhere you go and you cannot run it. And we think one more nutrition protocol, one more diet, one more coach, one more um, workshop yeah. is going to be the thing that fixes us when really it's what's happening in our mind. And if we keep trying to outrun that experience, we're never going to get to the root cause of the relationship with ourselves. And so it took many years of diving into the programming and why did I develop this eating disorder and where did it come from? and so forth that caused me to, to heal the relationship with myself and then start applying these same principles to my clients and then seeing these transformational experiences where people were bouncing around from coach to coach to coach and then finally taking on that radical responsibility, finally taking on the inner work and doing that through meditation, mindfulness, reprogramming, subconscious patterning, forgiveness, and so forth. And that's when their lives really started to change. And so... It's been a really long, long journey, yeah. but it's been powerful. And I'm so grateful that I went through it because had I healed just through the nutrition, I wouldn't have recognized that 
I needed to do the inner work. And, and that's what really is what transforms our lives. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you just said. Like, I really resonate when you, when you said, like, the inner part of ourself is what we need to change. So the internal, when we change ourselves internally, that's when externally things in our life will change and we start attracting, like, amazing positive energy and positive uh, kind of opportunities into our life. But also something else you said that I really resonate with was, you know, um, you know, as you... Like, I truly believe the same as you. Like, I've, I've never been one of those guys that, t- like, been on diets and programs and, and um, like, nutritional kind of specific types of food. I need to eat this and this. I was always the type of guy that just, I, I, I ate what made me happy. So I guess mm-hmm. from a young age, I was taught to just eat and be happy eating whatever you like. And I think mm-hmm. nowadays I see too many people, like, following certain nutrition guides or they're following the the little eye watch and on what, on what mm-hmm. time they need to eat what specific things they need to eat for this and that and the diet and the fat burning so what's your what's your kind of advice to those people that mm-hmm. really live like strategically or really strictly to like a plan or like a diet plan or like because I, I have a lot of people like that in my yeah. life now that that tell me city you should be taking this you know vitamin or this and that and I'm just like no I'm just gonna take what I love and if I'm if my body I, I listen to my body right we have to listen yeah. to our body so if we feel tired just rest have you know drink yeah. water do the most yeah. simplest things because I believe the simple things in life is what what can actually cure us most of the time we think so much about the long term and the really nitty-gritty things but mm-hmm. it's really sometimes just being simple is the best just simple right right Yeah. So there are many parts of that and I am in agreement. I think we have to be very conscious of what we're projecting on other people. And I know this is very triggering, especially if you're one of those people that wants to rally your sister, your colleague, your mom to join you in a protocol. But the thing is, is that their body is different than than yours. They're probably a different age. They're probably have different stress. Maybe they're a mom, maybe they're going through menopause. Like there's all these different factors that impact what we should be eating, how we should be moving, how much we should be sleeping, how we should be taking care of ourselves, how much we should be meditating and so forth. And only we know at the deep core of who we are, what will work and what won't. And yes, I'm 100% for advanced technology. I think it's amazing that we can, I have the aura ring, like I'm tracking things all day long. But I also noticed that if I wake up and I look at my aura ring and I start to feel down on myself because I didn't get as much sleep, I'm like, well, that's going to manifest in my body because I'm already telling myself upon waking up that there's something wrong. Right. And so we have to be very conscious of how we use technology. And so a lot of times I like to look at like, okay, what is the last week? How can I, how can I improve? But then how do I manage the thoughts of getting down on myself? How do I manage the thoughts specifically in terms of comparison models of like, okay, well, my best friend's doing this. My, my other girlfriend just lost all this weight after pregnancy. And then I feel like, okay, well, when I have a baby, I'm going to have to hold up to those standards. And it's just unrealistic, right? Because everyone's body is different. And we know that now, and we know that nutrition is one of the only things that you can prove scientifically, multiple theories are correct. So for one person, the paleo might work for another one, uh, you know, a plant-based diet will work, but, but who am I to tell my client what is working for them? I can't be there with them every day. I can't be in their body. So the approach that I use with my clients is very much driven by co-creating the plan based on how they're feeling throughout the day what are their triggers? What are their habits? What are their emotions? Um, and beyond that, how are they feeling physically in their body? And so if they 
choose certain foods and they don't feel good after, it's like, okay, well, we'll track that. And then we'll say, well, is it those specific foods? Is it because you were in the middle of a fight with your partner? Is it because you were stressed about an upcoming talk you had to give at work? All of these things are dictating how dictating specifically chemical reactions in our body and more specifically how we digest food, how we break down the food, and then how it impacts our energy energy levels and vitality. And so there's so many different pieces that you have to have to, you know, take into consideration when you're recognizing how food and movement and your lifestyle and all of the things impact you physically. But the thing that I would pay attention to first and foremost is being conscious and becoming aware of every time people tell you that you need a Band-Aid fix for something that your body should already be doing. So like, do you need coffee all day long to stay awake? Do you need to pop that Advil every single night because you have a headache? Do you need to um, to grab a donut at two o'clock because you haven't eaten anything out throughout the day? Like, what are the quick fixes that you've been culturally conditioned to believe are okay and starting to recognize those. And then what is the upgraded version of that? Is it getting eight hours of sleep? Is it meditating halfway through your day to boost your energy levels? Is it consciously becoming aware of how to pack a a healthy meal before you go to work so that when your blood sugar drops, you do have something to, to grab to. And so I would say without making it overwhelming because there's so many different pieces that can impact how we feel, just becoming conscious and aware of like, where are we band-aiding the desire for self-care and for the things that actually work? And then like you said, scientifically, the research shows over and over and over again that the simple things are what lead to health. And so are we turning on the TV and being like, oh my gosh, I feel like shit. So I need to go find the newest supplement that's from Brazil and harvest it and bring it in and eat it by the, you know, by the pounds. No, it's like, you need to sleep, drink a lot of water, eat clean, healthy, organic food, be in loving, committed relationships that inspire you, have a beautiful community around you, um, decrease your stress levels, meditate, be mindful. Those are the things that are going to impact you the most. And I, I am speaking from a lot of compassion because those are the things I completely neglected for a majority of my life. Um, But, but it just bears repeating that those are the things that actually will create sustainable health in the long run. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that you said that at the end, like the, cause I think most people actually think short term, right? They look for the quick fixes. They look for how can I find something to quickly boost my energy higher or how can I make myself feel better really fast? Um, and they never really think long term. And I think that's, that's kind of the struggles in, in our society today is everybody wants it fast, instant gratification. Yeah. Like, I need this right now. So, I, and I know every single time I've heard one of your podcast episodes or I watched a video on you, you always talk about mindfulness and, and like, mm-hmm. you, you talk about the word mindfulness a lot. So for you personally, how does, for someone listening to this right now, how do they... Mm-hmm. How can they genuinely find this mindfulness that they yeah. can Yeah, that's a really, really common and everyone has like a different take on it. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I think it's it's and there's lots of different um different mindfulness techniques, right? And there's a lot of different ways. But for me, it's really about getting back in your body and being able to just listen to your own body and slowing down and becoming very present. And I think we have to become present because we're moving so quickly that we don't even know when our body's cueing us that something is wrong. And we're so accustomed to suppressing whatever that pain is. 
So for example, like with the Advil, it's like, it's like, let's say your ankle starts to hurt and, and we all of a sudden grab for the Advil unconsciously, just like, okay, my ankle's hurting, but then we're like, oh, but I have to get my workout in because I have to lose this weight and I have to burn my calories. Well, we're not putting together that your ankle's hurting. Maybe you need to take a day off. Maybe you need to do some stretching. Maybe you need to find out what the root cause of the ankle pain is, but yet we're not even paying attention to the fact that there's something else happening because we're like suppress, keep going, suppress, keep going, suppress, keep going. But that's what all of those little suppressions are what add up to chronic sickness in the long run. Most usually it's from inflammation or acidity and so forth in the body that we've just chronically inflamed, chronically acidic, but, um, but it's the little things that add up. So for me, it's, it's about teaching people how to become mindful throughout the day of their body cues, listening to the cues that are coming from their body. Like whenever you have pain, whenever you have discomfort, that's not meant to be there. Your body's signaling to you to wake up. It's saying, oh, there's something here. Please listen because I need you to care for me. That Whether that requires a massage, some self-care, whether it requires breathing through the pain, whether that requires taking a step out. Like even I have a lot of clients who don't even notice how how their neck pain is so bad throughout the day because of the computer. So it's like becoming mindful in the moment and, um, and being like, okay, maybe I need to go step outside. Maybe I need to get an, an exercise ball to sit on. Maybe I need to do some stretching in my neck. All these things that are so simple yet so neglected and overlooked. Um, and so throughout the day, I have my clients write down all of the discomfort that comes forward and then something proactive to do to, to shift that in the moment. Um, and then also recognizing where is their discomfort around food and how are they suppressing those emotions throughout the day? Because most of the time when we reach for unhealthy foods, it's actually to suppress an emotion. So we become very mindful together. We'll do an approach where we, we look at all of the times that they're, um, they're using food to suppress an emotion versus feeling through the emotion. And I always tell my clients, there's nothing wrong with feeling angry. There's nothing wrong with feeling fear, anxiety, stress, but it's how do you react to that feeling? Most people are using food in response to those feelings. And so how do we just breathe through that feeling, trust that it only is going to exist for 90 seconds before it shifts to another emotion? And then actually, again, recognize what is that emotion telling me? Is it speaking to me? Is it telling me I need a shift in my life? Is it telling me maybe I need to leave this relationship, this career? Maybe this isn't the right direction for me. Maybe I need to again, get up, walk around, breathe, put my feet in the earth, like all the things that we, we forget about. And because we're so programmed in, in an automatic response, um, I always say set alarms on your phone to check in with your body like four or five times a day, um, becoming very mindful of what your body's telling you. And then, um, and then before and after dinner, checking in, how are you feeling? Um, cause yeah, it's so interesting how even like after dinner, I have a client and, and she was expressing like, oh, I always feel really unhealthy after, like not good after dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and it, was, it wasn't until the awareness of it that she didn't even realize that what she was eating and how she was eating and when she was eating wasn't actually serving her highest well-being. I think, yeah, what you said was, I think it's so important what you said about um, like knowing knowing ourselves really right that's that's what it comes down to at the core it's about mm -hmm. like knowing w when we're like uncomfortable knowing when we have those emotions you're talking about when we just start binge eating on things because mm -hmm. i also believe that we like when we are in a certain emotion so for example after a long day at work people come home and you know they're tired they're stressed out they 
they just want to relax. So right. in, that, in that emotion of when they just want to relax, that's when they usually, or I know personally, I do too, the, the same thing. Like, you know, when I'm in that relaxed mode, that's when I reach out for the comfort food, the, the snacks, the chocolates, the nuts, and mm-hmm. just like the things that are so easy to easy and quick to eat, but we know it's not yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be curious, where is that story coming from that those are the things to reach out from at night? So I'm assuming it's probably coming from, you know, most people it's coming from how they watch their parents cope with stress or deal with their work schedule. And so it's an, it's an ingrained belief that when you come home from work, in order to cope with the day or the stress or the experience at work, maybe it's because you feel you deserve a treat. Maybe you feel like it's because you deserve something that's that's not great for you because you had a stressful day at work. There could be all these different stories that are operating. Maybe it's because you you want to suppress the emotion of the fact that you're you were stressed or that you don't like your boss or that you had a fight with your girlfriend at work or whatever the case. But but begin to notice like what is that story that you're operating from? Because a mindset shift in that moment is well, if I had a stressful day and I'm not feeling my best, what are the most nourishing, beautiful, healthy foods that I can give my body to help support it through all of that stress, through all of those experiences? Like, How do we shift the mindset to be instead of, okay, let's damage the body more on a physical level, let's give it things that are going to cause inflammation and make it feel worse because that's the emotion and the vibration we're holding. How do we shift it into, well, because I was stressed, I need to counteract that with the most beautiful loving foods with the most amount of like positive movement where maybe I'm saying an affirmation or a mantra and I'm like doing something fun where I'm like bouncing around and uplifting the energy in my body or maybe it's sitting quietly and meditating again to um to support in all those different neural pathways that are you know causing the loneliness and the the disconnect and so forth and so I just think for everything we've been taught, there's an upgraded mindset shift that helps empower us to to be more um, present in our approach to being mindful and um, and focusing on well being. I totally agree. I mean, I, even like me myself, I'm so big on this. Um, so I'm on my personal growth journey for the last five and a half years, mm-hmm. and I'm constantly just upgrading my mindset every single day trying to connect with the most inspiring people I can, learn from them, listen to the stories. Because I think stories are really powerful. What people have gone through is a real life experience that they're sharing with others. It's not just like a script. It's not them making things up or sharing other people's content. It's genuinely something that we've been through that we're sharing. So I, and, I, and I also know that you touch a lot on like self-care and self-love mm-hmm. um, and those topics. How does someone find those? Because I get asked a lot because I've put out a lot of content on, you know, personal development and different topics like confidence and taking action and how to overcome mm-hmm. fear um, and how to upgrade your mindset and those types of topics that are going to be kind of inspiring people to go and shift that mindset and have a paradigm shift. Yeah. And I always get asked this one question, which is like, how do I stop overthinking and how do I like find self-love without being like narcissistic? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good question, right? Because we can't even describe, like I can't describe to you what self-love feels like for you. It's yeah. such a it's such a beautiful thing because everyone, that feeling is is going to be different for me than it is for you and is, is for someone else. And so again, it comes back to us. It comes back to like 
do we feel connected to ourselves? Do we feel connected mind and body? Do we feel like we're deeply taking care of ourselves? And so there's a couple things I recommend. One specifically is always asking yourself in every moment, is this an act of self-love or is this an act of self-sabotage? And the reason for that is because a lot of times women come to me and, and they're like, well, there's a lot of positivity right now online about self-love. And if you love yourself, you should be eating the diet soda and not working out and so forth. And my argument against that is, is that actually self-love? To someone, it might be self-love to enjoy a piece of pizza on a Friday night with your friends and community and connection, 100%, a glass of wine on a Friday, going out with your friends or so forth. Now, to other people, that might be an act of self-sabotage. Um, and the thing that I want to be conscious of is like, are you suppressing, again, your emotion and doing an action in, in respect to self-sabotage or are you acting from a place of self-love? They're very different and only you can decide what is true or what isn't true for you. I know that if I get super stressed and I start you know, moving towards foods that aren't foods that are going to make, make my body feel better in the long run, um, that for me is an act of self-sabotage because I'm sabotaging my health to suppress an emotion because I don't want to deal with the emotion. And so that's just one simple question. And then closing your eyes, connecting to your heart, again, asking yourself, like, if I really loved myself, would I behave, be, be behaving in this way? Um, and again, I, I can't, there's no judgment. Like I can't judge what is right for you and what isn't. Right. Um, and so it gets, it gets really tricky online because a lot of people will be like, that's an act of self-love. No, it's not like that's this and that. And, and again, we're the only people that, that have, that are able to, to make that decision. The other thing that I really love about self uh, that I love about self-love, um, and differentiating between the two is that when you connect to your highest purpose, your mission, the reason you're here, on this planet. And you're driven by that energy, by that momentum, by the thing that's going to light you up and fuel you every single day. You can reverse engineer self-love because you'll want to stay alive, right? Like I want so badly to live as long as I can because I have a purpose on this planet. Yeah. And my purpose is to create impact, to do podcasts like this, to meet cool people like you, to spread the message, to spread love, to spread joy. And because I'm so connected to that mission, I can reverse engineer self-love because I'm like, well, if I love myself today and I want to live as long as I can, would I be behaving in this way that's going to keep my body physically healthy? And so that's another way that I connect to it. Like if I'm doing something out of alignment where I know it's damaging to my health and well-being, I'm like, why am I behaving in this way? Like the Sarah 30 years from now who wants to be around to still be making impact, wouldn't behave in this way. What's actually happening emotionally, mentally, spiritually? What do I need to confront today? What do I, what conversation do I need to have that's maybe uncomfortable? What um, decision do I need to make that, that I've been putting off and it's been on my to-do list for months? Like those sort of things become much more present and you become aware of them when you're like, I have this mission. I want to stick around. I want to be healthy for a really long time. I want to take care of this vessel, right? Yeah. That I've been gifted, like this beautiful body that I've been gifted. Um, and I think when we start to connect to our mission and our purpose as well, we, we no longer compare our body to other people. Like sometimes that thought still comes up for me, but, but it's easy for me now to move through it. Cause I'm like, I was blessed with this body 
and I get to do these things and I get to serve this mission. Why would I be in judgment or of jealousy around the comparison model? And I think that's another way to connect to self-love when it's like, man, I don't know if it was God, universe, creation, source, whatever you call it, whatever that truth is for you. But somehow I got created in this magnificent way and I get to serve. Yeah, I love, I love how like one of my mentors or one of the guys that everybody knows on social media now, Gary Vee, always says, yeah. no, we've got this one life, right? And he always talks about this, the video that really hit home for me, one of his content was when he talks about we, like 400 trillion to one mm-hmm. is the opportunity that we have right now to be alive. And that just really like, I just found a deep sense of gratitude and, you know, I really looked you know, deep in my life. And I was like, why really am I here? You know, because I already, I thought I knew why, why I'm doing what I'm doing at the moment, you know, to being a speaker and, and trying to make impact, like you said, and inspire people and share my journey and share my story from how I was the most, com- uh, the most shy um, man or let's say a shy boy who couldn't speak to women, who couldn't speak to other people, who didn't like networking, had eight friends and, and just went to work, came home, played Call of Duty all day. And that was me, like, just over five years ago. And to know, like, wow. the shift that I had now and mm-hmm. the, the, my purpose now and the mission that I'm on, like, how does someone actually find that? Because I know how, yeah. us, it, it, you know, we had to go through certain things to get to that stage, right? To find that purpose and mission that drives us every day, like you said. But how yeah. does someone listening actually find that yeah. purpose and mission? Because that's what the root cause is that's going to keep us going, right? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. And so often people think that they have to go through the dark to find it because it's so marketed that way, right? Like, I I know I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, I'm like, I went through the dark. So like, now I have my mission. And so I think people are almost waiting for their darkness or waiting for that moment. And sometimes I think it's even manifested because they're like, well, I, I, I don't have my purpose until I go through something traumatic. And that's just not... That's just not true. Like you could, I have, I have so many beautiful friends who haven't been through traumatic experiences in their lives um, that have found their purpose by connecting to themselves. And when, when, go through like, I, and I tell people now, like I haven't really been through a massive amount of pain or suffering or depression, anxiety or anything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I, my struggle was just not being confident in myself. And I used, to, yeah. I used to care about what other people thought about me. That was my biggest struggle. But when I found myself and thought, this is my mission, this is what I want to do. And I truly just looked deep within, like you said, and I found mm-hmm. self-love and self-care for myself. And I thought, I'm doing this whether anybody likes it or not. Because I know why. The intention for me is the biggest thing. Yeah. I know that it was to help people, to give back, to be of service, to to be there for someone when, when they don't have anyone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, it's like that beacon of life for others. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it, and you're committed to the action part, which I think is the most important piece of the puzzle because I just wrote a post on this yesterday that so often we're, you know, one more podcast, one more workshop, one more coach, one more expert. And it, it doesn't matter how many Gary V posts we watch, how many, you know, these people are all in our community and, and we can watch their content all day long, but until we actually take the step of courage. And I think that that's, that's the space of saying, okay, I'm going to step into my courage of declaring what it is. That's my purpose, my mission, and actually just trusting that it's going to come forward, but we have to step into the courage and not say, Oh, I don't know. Maybe this is for me. Maybe this isn't for me. 
Um, and when we actually take the momentum of the courage, it signals to the universe, okay, well, she's ready for something bigger than herself. And I'm going to present to her all these different options. And I think the other area people get stuck is that they don't try anything. So I have worked many different jobs. I was an event planner in Miami. I did... I worked catering. I've done restaurant ownership. I I did all these different things. I worked in, you know, the modeling industry. I like, I was, I'm constantly one of those people that will try different things until I found what really lights me up. I had a business before this business where I ran retreats with a business partner and we recognized that both of us wasn't in alignment for us. And so I think in my own experience, speaking from my own life, um, I was just open to trying as many things as possible until I was like, this is it. This is the thing where I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like I'm going to work. And I don't feel like I'm worked 12 hours today and it doesn't feel like I've, I'm exhausted. You know, it's not like I'm like, oh fuck, I have to go to work tomorrow. Like it's not that feeling. And so it took many different things. But I think the thing is people because there's so much content, they get paralyzed and then they don't take the courageous step to just start something. You could start a podcast and it could be the the worst thing ever and you might hate it, but at least you know, hey, podcasts aren't for me. You could start something, a YouTube channel and you might be like, I don't like to be on camera. So I'm going to be the person behind the camera helping other people be the person on camera. Like you could be running someone else's Instagram and being like, oh wow, I want to run my own Instagram because I have something to say to the world but you don't know until you try. And so I think that that was one blessing that I had in my life was like, I was never scared to try. And I was raised by my second mom was always like, do everything, go out, see the world, travel. Like she pushed me and pushed me and pushed me just to, to experience things. And she never made me feel bad when I said, that's not for me. That's so like, if, yeah, she was like, okay, ballerina's not for you. Great. What's next? Soccer? You want to try soccer? Great. And then like soccer, you know, I wanted to drop out of soccer after many years of a lot of practice. And she's like, no problem. I was like, I want to be a model. She's like, cool, go try that. There was nothing ever. She never made me feel bad about it. And I think raising kids today, that's like a really powerful step. And if you've had programming around feeling bad about not following through with something, that's something to work on. Um, and then also recognizing, are you not following through because it's a sabotaging behavior because you don't feel worthy of it. So there's the two parts. The part, the first part is like allowing yourself to try something and not be for you. And the second part is like, do you not want to follow through with that behavior? Not because you don't love it, but because you don't feel worthy of having it. Yeah, I love that. No, I love that. Cause I, I totally agree. Like people, I think most people nowadays, they don't go and try things. Or they have yeah. this fear, right? They have they either care too much about what other people think about them, mm-hmm. or they care. They actually have that negative self talk in their head, where the monkey comes and jumps around and says, "Ah, you can't do that. Don't be silly. Like, how, how can you ever be a speaker? Or how can you ever go and, and be a model? You know, they that that voice comes into our head, and it usually stops a lot of people um, mm-hmm. from doing new things and trying new things. Because right now. In the world that I live in here in London, I think like it's such a busy, fast-paced environment where people just, they're either working two, three jobs or they just have this one job, nine to five, and they just stick to it. And their life is literally, they can't wait for Friday so they can go drinking. And then and that's it. They don't try new things in life. They don't even go and meet new people, different cultures, different environments. They don't travel. They don't do anything for them to actually have that open mind. 
yeah, take a different route home from work, like go to a different bar, you know, <laughs> like, like every day you can change your environment. Even if you're working the same job every day, you can listen to a different person on a different podcast every day. You can shift you're getting like only, you know, I, I, I hear from a lot of women too, like, Oh, I've been living in this world where I've only been listening to this one podcast. I'm like, but you're getting a very narrow minded experience. Like even on my podcast, like I'm launching a podcast and I, I encourage you to go out. And if you hear my podcasts and you're like, okay, I need more relationship advice, go track down that relationship expert, go track down that financial expert things I don't teach about because you need a perspective of many different um, interpretations of how to live. And then you can take those interpretations and trust which ones are best from you. That doesn't mean you take all the advice. It just means get different viewpoints and then take it in and say, okay, this works for me. This doesn't, I'm going to leave this. I'm not going to feel bad that this didn't work for me and just continue, continue to move forward. So true. So true. I love that. So Sarah, I know we're going to run out of time soon. Um, but just before I go into the final four questions, I want to ask I've got one thing I just want to ask because I'm curious myself. What is one thing that you're just like, what's one dream that you have that's so big that you, it's beyond your imagination that you probably think you might never do, but what's that one thing that you have? Cause I, I want to share mine as well. But yeah. So I had a dream. So as a child, I was always reading Hay House books, okay. the author publisher. And I had this dream that I would someday be a Hay House author. And I, it was so beyond what I could even imagine growing up. And then in my high school years still, and and then when I was modeling, it was still like, there's no way that this is going to happen. But when I was 17, 18, um, maybe a little bit older, but I, I drew a map on like a map of the world and I circled all the places I wanted to go. And I made a list of all the things I wanted to do. I found that map. It's on my Instagram, maybe like five or six months ago. And it literally said like, Hey house author, live here, do this, travel here. And literally I was crossing everything out. And the one thing that was like the biggest thing was to become an author. And I just turned my manuscript in with Hay House and I had no clue how it was going to happen, how I would get this publishing deal. But it literally like all the pieces of the puzzle, like I can look back on my life and I can see how every little piece like fit together in this puzzle to make this happen. Mm. And, um, and so that was my big, big dream. I think the next thing would be to be a mom. Because um, for a long time, I didn't see that becoming a reality. And now I very much see myself being in a place where I'm, I'm open and ready for that. Um, but I just shared that story because it's like, you're not going to see how your dream is going to manifest. You just won't. There's no possible way that you can see what the universe is going to do for you. But you just have to put it out there. And every day you have to work towards it. Definitely What's do. yours? I want to hear what yours is. People, people call us crazy though, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we talk about, or we ask this question to people, they don't even know how to answer because they've never really thought about it. So I have this massive dream that I keep sharing everywhere. Like recently, all my closest friends, I shared it with people on the podcast as well at one point. But I had this big vision because I, so I want to be a speaker, right? And I want to be like mm. one of the best speakers in London. That's the first goal I have is like I wanted to be not just a motivational speaker. I don't want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be like an impact speaker, someone that people actually listen to and go and take advice. But at the same time, because I have this natural influx of energy, I want them to yeah. ca- kind of take part of me with them. Like mm. just take my energy and go and take it, guys, and go and change your life. You know, I want to be part of your journey. But one of the biggest like visions I have with the dream is here in London, there's a massive stadium 
is it's, it's, it's called Wembley Stadium mm-hmm. and it fits I think 90,000 people wow and I, I don't know why but last at the end of last year was when I decided I want to be a speaker and I started putting out the content I started doing free speaking gigs all over London and that's, that's what right. my hustle is right now and my big vision was just one day and by the way like I'm not the smartest person like I come from an average family lower class had rubbish grades in school just about passed everything so I'm not even smart and I tell people like my English is even terrible, even though I was born here in London. <laughs> so I tell people like <laughs> my big vision is just to be on that stage and one day I have 90,000 people. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, like you said, but I just believe in my, like I delusionally believe in myself so much. I know somehow it will happen through some connection. Yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. And the more people that hear it and hold the vision for you, that's the thing about being in community where a lot of, so my girlfriends and I do this really fun exercise. I encourage anyone uh, listening to do this with your friends as well. And if you don't have friends that will do this, find friends that will, (laughs) because these are the friends you should be hanging out with. Um, So we do this, this exercise where we get together like a bunch of us and then we tell, so we can pair, we pair off and we'll be sitting across from one another and we'll be like, okay, so what, what's happening in your life? And the person will will say, oh, and then they'll say what their future, what's happening in the future, but they pretend that it's happening now. And then the other person jumps into that story. So I give a girl, one of my girlfriends like, oh, I just published this amazing book called, you know, called whatever. And I, I'm so, I'm so excited about my tour that's like around the, around the country. And then like, I would jump in and be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to come send me the dates. I'm going to send it out for you. We're going to email the like email blast to everyone. And so we like jump in and we like play with each other's experience as if it's happening in the future um and and like we're like that's what you do on a friday night and we're like yeah that's what we do (laughs) better than drinking (laughs) but it's like when you have community and connection and women who are supporting you and and playing into these experiences and I, i i don't know who came up with that exercise so apologies i don't know who to credit it to um my friend Alyssa is the one who taught me but um i'm sure someone someone came up with it but um but yeah it's really really powerful when you're with friends that just believe so much in the version of you in the future definitely yeah that's so true like so just to kind of end it on that is the fact that a lot of people that are listening now 100% what sarah said go and go and connect with like-minded individual and, ha- and build that community build that support system that you have people that genuinely care about you sometimes more than you care about yourself and I think it's so important to have those deep meaningful conversations but Sarah I know we're running out of time so yeah. I really want to ask you these final questions because I want I, ge- I genuinely I'm excited for some of them because I want to hear from your side what you how would you answer them the first question I got for you um, is in one sentence because you talk about a lot about holistic health mm-hmm. In one mm-hmm. sentence, what does it mean to you to have a holistic lifestyle? Um, ba- balance, just one word, balance. Like finding balance in, in all areas of my life. And I know balance is, you know, I can't go much longer. Balance isn't something that, you know, people, people believe that they can have. But I, I believe that our body is always trying to find balance and come to a place of homeostasis. And so... That's what I attempt to create in my life, balance. I love that. No, I totally agree. The second thing I want to ask you is something I ask all the guests and I find it really curious because I know a lot of people take a lot of value from it. Mm-hmm. What's one video or documentary or movie that you've seen in your life 
mm. genuinely made a massive impact in in your in your mindset or just your perspective of life yeah oh my gosh there's been so many good ones lately um there is a recent documentary sorry if i'm blanking on the exact name of it but it's it's called get hacked or got hacked or something it's about how the political system was influenced by media and facebook and so forth and the reason it had so much impact on me was because i during watching that movie i i felt very called to make sure that the content i'm putting out there in the world is creating positive impact and really influencing people in a positive way and allowing them to determine what direction they take from the touch points that I present to them. Um, so it was, it was one of those things that I was like recognizing the responsibility that we have on social media um, and, and the influence that we create. I love that. Yeah. It's so yeah. important to put out those, those positive messages on social media. Yeah. There's so many fake people and people trying to be someone that they're not on social media. And that's something that I'm trying my best to constantly just push out there to everyone. Like don't, be your, be your authentic self. Even if you're just yeah. taking a story on Instagram, just be yourself. Don't put on a voice or something to, to mm. act fancy, you know? Yeah. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. The third question yeah. I've got for you is, what's now, so now that you said the, the documentary, what's one book now? Yeah, uh, Break break the Norms. So Break, break the Norms was one of the most profound books that I personally have read. It, it's about breaking down our cultural societal um, childhood conditioning beliefs to allow us to be the best version of ourselves. Um, it was written by my mentor and coach, Shandresh uh, Bardois, and uh, he's a seventh lineage guru. So that's, that's oh, well, uh, that highly out. recommend it. Yeah, definitely a good read. I'm going to definitely take that out myself. Um, the last question before you shoot off, Sarah, and once again, thank you so much for everything you're sharing. Like I'm learning so much and I know everybody listening is probably getting a lot of value. So thanks a lot. The last question is something deep, but everybody loves this question. So if you can spend a few hours to learn from anyone's wisdom, mm. whether they're dead or alive, who would that one person be? Yeah. Um, man. So this is a tough one. I mean, Oprah keeps coming to mind. I'm sure that people say that all the time, but the reason for that is her presence on stage is something I would really love to learn. Mm -hmm. Just, just her, how, how she embodies such presence, um, and, and grace and ease with her, her, the people she's interviewing and on stage and so forth. So I definitely think it would be her. Oprah, wow. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, someone else actually said the same thing. Yeah. The presence, the energy, like the person she is or like, because we know where she's come from. Right, exactly. It's like so powerful to, like you can feel her even if you're just watching mm -hmm. a video. Totally. Yeah. I would just love to just sit next to her and like <laughs> hang out. Around. <laughs> so cool. But Sarah, yeah. thank you so much. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I re so I'm welcome. so grateful and I'm so... I'm so glad that we got connected and I also want to thank Melissa for making this happen, your, your, your yeah, PA. Of um, yeah, of course. But just thank you for everything you shared. I'm super grateful. How, how can everyone reach out to you um, if they have questions to ask or they want to connect with you? Or yeah, yeah, I would love to connect with anyone who has questions. So my, um, my Instagram is the best way, just Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, A-N-N-E and Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Um, message me there. We're also running two free, like a mini course and a free challenge through the end of the year that we're launching in a few weeks. So if you're interested in joining that, just ping me and happy to send it over. It's a lot of free, amazing content that you can get access to. So 
Love that. So guys, honestly, like make sure you guys go and check out um Sarah Ann Stewart's content and everything that she's all about. And as you said, send her a direct message anytime and you can get a lot of value from from just her energy and from from the from the, her experience. So Sarah, thank you so much once again for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Well. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and, and yeah. learn. Yeah. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.